This is Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole, with your host Sue Bushka from Bushka Retirement Solutions and Cole Bruner from Bushka Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Sue and Cole provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here with the financial information you need are Sue and Cole. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. My name is Cole Bruner from Bushka Wealth Management, and joining me as usual is my mom, Sue Bushka from Bushka Retirement Solutions, as well as our co-host, Tony Shore. Now, listeners out there, if at any point during the show today you want to get some more information, feel free to give us a call at 715-355-4445. Of course, you can visit the website as well, which is retirewithbushka.com. That's retirewithbushka.com. And of course, while you're at the website, make sure you check out the radio page as well as the TV show page. You can catch some of our most recent episodes out there. And also you can check out some of our resources that we have on our website, including information about the process that you might go through if you come in for a complimentary no obligation consultation with one of our advisors, reports that we run for you, all sorts of good information out there on the website, including the ability to schedule a no cost, no obligation consultation right there on the website. So you can do that uh, either on our WASA or Eau Claire office, or of course you can schedule virtually if that works better for you. Now, like many other industries, technology is rapidly reshaping healthcare. Hospital at home programs are growing in popularity because they provide some people with the chance to receive certain types of care at home in an environment where, of course, they probably feel safer and more comfortable. And the hospital at home programs uh, may also help medical facilities uh, relieve overcrowding issues, thus freeing up some beds and rooms for people that are in more need of immediate care. Now, imagine you aren't feeling well and you aren't sure what exactly is causing it. Uh, Finally, your spouse drives you to the emergency room, which you soon discover is chaotically full of people needing various levels of care. Finally, after seeing a doctor, you're informed that your condition is manageable and you qualify to receive treatment and aftercare right in the comfort of your very own home. Sounds too good to be true, right? Uh, But thanks to the increasing use of hospital at home programs, it is quickly becoming a reality. So today, during our episode, we're going to look into hospital at home programs and what benefits they may provide retirees and older Americans. And then later in the show, we'll also discuss the ins and outs of long term care insurance. But before we get into our topic, let's uh, sure to be sure to say hello to everyone here with me today. Sue and Tony. Tony, how are we doing this morning? We're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. In fact. Uh, I've had a really good week, although I did help my son move. Him and his wife moved back to the the cities, and I helped him move. And I just, uh, I must not be as young as I thought I was because I'm pretty <laughs> sore and stiff after that. <laughs> that tends to happen after that kind yeah. of activity. Yeah, exa- exactly. Other than that, I'm doing great. I'm excited about this topic today. But first, Sue, how have you been? I'm good. It's a beautiful day out. It's supposed to be in the 70s today. Oh. It's just, oh my gosh, I've been waiting so long for this kind of weather. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Finally. Uh, Finally. Me, Spring yeah. Is me too. And I, I stepped outside just before we recorded the show. It is beautiful out today. It's so nice. 
So great. It's t-shirt and shorts weather out there, I think. I guess uh, yeah. I guess it yeah. is. How about you, Cole? What's been going on with your bad self? Oh, not much. You know, just uh, like everybody else, enjoying the warmer weather. Yeah. And, uh, of course, whenever I can. Obviously, we've been real busy lately. Uh, and, uh, of, of course, that's always a good thing in our business. But nonetheless, uh, just enjoying free time whenever possible. And, uh, and of course, helping clients in uh, during the uh, business hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I know you've been keeping busy. Well, uh, this is a great show you've got lined up for us, seriously. And, uh, you know, uh, I love it. I'm eager to hear what you have on this one, Sue. Well, Tony, there was a recent ARP article entitled, Is Hospital at Home the Future of Healthcare? And it has some information and theories that I found really interesting. And I think all of you listening right now will as well. Now, the article first addresses some of the potential benefits. Now, to begin with, hospital at home is a specific designation for patients who require hospital-level services, but who are also viewed as stable enough to receive that care in their home. Now, in some cases, these patients went to an emergency room on their own or after some time in the hospital and are eligible now to return home and continue receiving care there. Now, care can last days or weeks or even longer, depending on the necessary treatment. Now, a medical team generally consisting of doctors, nurses, and EMTs make regular home and virtual visits. Okay, so is the emergence of this hospital-at-home program more about patient care, or is it more about cost? Well, the article notes that because hospital-at-home programs are still fairly uncommon, the potential benefits of the movement are still mostly unknown. So to answer your question, as of now, it seems to be more about patient comfort and with good reason, obviously. Health advocates, according to the article, have long sounded the alarm bell that hospitals aren't always the safest place for older patients who may sometimes get confused or upset by unfamiliar surroundings. Other advocates point to the frequency of hospital-acquired infections and less restful sleep for hospital patients who are otherwise in stable condition. Now, again, the article makes clear that research into the health benefits and overall costs of hospital-at-home programs uh, are murky at best, but especially given the newness of the concept, of course. Um, and it also adds that ultimately widespread adoption of hospital-at-home programs will be mainly dependent on how the U.S. healthcare system continues to evolve in the future. Yeah, and personally, uh, I, the concept of the this whole hospital-at-home movement holds a lot of appeal. I, I think uh, I, because I've seen my parents go through this and my mother-in-law and I think a lot of people, myself included, would prefer to receive treatment or recover in the comfort of their own homes. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see the data that emerges in the next handful of years. I, you know, maybe it's even less expensive than these assisted living centers. Well, I'm sure many folks listening today would prefer to do some of their medical treatment right on their living room couch. Yeah. But let, but let's be clear that no matter how widely adopted uh, hospital at home programs become, there will also be limitations. Now, ICU care and surgery, for example, are two services that will almost certainly never be possible in your home. And when it comes to hospital at home programs becoming more common, the article explains that one potentially significant hurdle is 
the ongoing labor shortage throughout the healthcare industry. Well, yeah, I, I would imagine uh, that's another plus to the hospital at home program. And uh, it may be challenging, though, in rural areas. I do know that my dad uh, does have a lot of his appointments online now, uh, virtually. So, um, you know, uh, it's a program that um, uh, it may require staff if they come out to your house. They might have to do a lot of driving. So um, it's interesting that we've had the uh, virtual appointments for a while, maybe even have a staff come out. I would think in the long run, they might actually need fewer staff with hospital at home. But I could be wrong about that. Yeah, that is true, Tony. And at a time when the healthcare systems throughout the country are wrestling with uh, health equity gaps, hospital at home programs outside of urban and suburban areas may prove uh, to be yet another challenge. And those challenges stem from more than just staffing issues. Many rural areas still lack the reliable uh, broadband services to provide healthcare workers and hospital at home patients alike with the Wi-Fi that they need. Yes, out in the country, in remote areas, on farms, the Wi-Fi is not good uh at all <laughs> i've experienced that right. at my parents house so um and did you think sue these hospital at home programs begin popping up because of covid19 when so many people were utilizing telehealth or virtual appointments with their doctors well the article certainly suggests as much now many people who before the pandemic wouldn't have considered using telehealth were forced to do so because of shutdowns and many of them discovered they really liked it because it was less driving less waiting less stress geriatrician bruce leff a professor at john hopkins university school of medicine predicts that in the future hospitals will only provide emergency rooms intensive care units, and operating rooms. Interestingly, Left's earliest research suggesting hospital at-home style programs are feasible and safe was published in 1999 and 2005, well before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah, he was ahead of the curve. He saw what was around the bend. Um, we should probably take a quick break here. Uh, Cole, do you have anything you want to add before we do? Well, just for our listeners, of course, they have the opportunity to schedule that no cost, no obligation consultation with one of our highly skilled advisors by calling 715-355-4445, or they can do so on our website, which is retirewithbushka.com. All right. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Bushka Retirement Solutions at 715-355-4445 or visit retirewithbushka.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. And welcome back to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. I'm here with Sue Bushka and Cole Bruner. Uh, Sue and Cole, this has been a great show so far today. I've learned a lot already, and I'm eager to hear more about this hospital-at-home movement that's going on. Well, let's keep pushing forward with that ARP article I had mentioned in the first segment, which I think has more information worth highlighting. Now, according to that article... Changes in Medicare-aided 
uh, growth are another factor driving the hospital at home movement. Specifically, Medicare reimbursement for hospital at home expenses is now at the same rate as inpatient care was during the COVID-19 public health emergency. Now, initially, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, created a waiver that allowed hospitals to provide acute inpatient care at a patient's home. Now, though the health emergency officially ended May May 11th of this year, that temporary waiver for the acute hospital care at home program has been extended through the end of 2024. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. And financial incentive can be a powerful motivating force, I've found anyway, right? Right, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, uh, the article does further explain that the most current CMS-approved waiver list for hospital-at-home programs includes 123 systems and 277 hospitals in 37 states. But the gap between approval and the launch of the program can take several months, so already approved programs may not yet be active. Now, we should also note that some providers have been offering hospital-at-home care via other payers uh, for many years before the waiver and fee-for-service Medicare and non-managed care Medicare patients weren't originally included because of a lack of uh, a system for reimbursement. Okay, I have to think that even large, sophisticated healthcare systems must find launching a hospital-at-home program from the ground up somewhat daunting. Uh, what what do you have to say about that, Sue? Well, it is indeed, Tony, but that certainly doesn't mean it's not worth it. The article uses Providence St. Peter Hospital in Olympia, Washington as an example. The hospital launched its own hospital at home program at the end of 2021, six months after it received approval to do so. Now, obstetrician Eve Cunningham, the hospital's chief of virtual care and digital health, noted the process was extremely complex and required new technology and additional staff because hospital workers who treat on-site patients are different than those who work with hospital-at-home patients. Now, according to Cunningham, hospital-at-home programs are difficult to grow and scale, and most of them remain relatively small, even after a handful of years. Okay. Well, you know, there have been plenty of news stories lately about healthcare staffing shortages ever since COVID, and so that factor must be another challenge when establishing hospital-at-home programs, right? Well, to that very point, Tony, Cunningham actually noted that staffing shortages became so acute that her hospital had to pause several of its programs, including Hospital at Home, which wasn't reactivated until March of this year. Now, as of 2022, Providence had 121 Hospital at Home patients, and less than 5% of them had to uh, move to inpatient care with higher level services. Interestingly, according to Providence's 2022 patient satisfaction survey, 64% of in-hospital patients reported that they were pleased with their care, and hospital-at-home patients, they reported a satisfaction level of 100%. Wow, Uh, that's amazing. So, Sue, what kind of insights do you have into the cost Well, as I'm sure is no surprise, implementing hospital-at-home programs requires a significant investment. 
The article uses Christiana Care's hospital at-home program as an example. It partnered with consultant Medically Home to design its program and determine technology needs for its CMS-approved Wilmington, Delaware, and Newark, New Jersey locations. Internist Sarah Schenk, the medical director of virtualist medicine at Christiana Care Center for uh, Virtual Health, explained that its hospital-at-home patient count has had 458 patients since it kicked off in December of 2021. Now, the hospital's hospital-at-home team consists of about 30 people. Now, according to Shank, the program has been a significant investment because of large upfront technology expenses and hiring and training staff. But she also explains savings are possible if a program can be scaled. So it sounds like to start, it might be a bit more pricey. (laughs) But uh, once it gets going and is implemented, uh, hopefully it it will be more in line uh, with uh, hospital costs as they are now. I I wonder what kind of future for this hospital at home program uh, are they predicting? Well, it does seem as though hospital at home programs are quickly gaining popularity. ECRI, a nonprofit patient safety advocacy group that's considered an independent authority on healthcare technology, is taking a very cautious approach. Uh, Marcus Schabacher, uh, the organization's president and CEO, explained that while the nonprofit is generally supportive of hospital at home programs, more development is necessary to ensure safety and effectiveness. He added that uh, technology designed for use in hospitals being used in a, in the home is a particular concern because when a pump or device shuts off, uh, it sounds an alarm in the hospital and a nurse or a staffer is nearby to help, but that may not be possible in a private home. As for hard data, a study published in BMJ Open, which conducts uh, research relevant to both patients and clinicians, uh, determined that for suitable patients, hospital at home results are similar to or an improvement over inpatient treatment. Wow. And a, a, uh, also a study published in the Journal of American Medical Association Network Open found that patients who received hospital at home had a modestly longer length of treatment, a similar mortality rate, and a 26% lower risk of readmission when compared to patients receiving care in the hospital. Additionally, hospital at home patients reported less depression and anxiety than in hospital patients. No doubt. Who likes being in yeah. the hospital? I mean, that's nobody. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely nobody. So I'm tr- I'm I'm listening to all this thinking, I hope they figure this out because this would be great. Anything to right. avoid laying in a hospital bed. Um exactly. would would be would be helpful. Well, we're going to we're going to keep rolling here and we've had an interesting conversation so far about the emergence of hospital at home programs uh, which allow some patients to receive hospital level care right in their own homes. So Sue, we're going to we're going to continue here. What else do you have for us? Well, let's continue discussing healthcare options for retirees and older people, but shift our focus just slightly to long-term care insurance. Now, there was another ARP article entitled Understanding Long-Term Care Insurance, and it serves as a good primer for our conversation. First and foremost, why consider long-term care insurance? The article references a study from the Urban Institute and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services that determined about 70% of Americans 
who reach age 65 will need some type of long-term care during their retirements. Now, though some may be able to utilize unpaid care from family members, about half will need paid assistance. And about 24% will require more than two years of paid care. And 15% will spend more than two years in a nursing home. Wow. Uh, And what about the cost, Cole? Well, Tony, costs tend to vary considerably and are often determined by how long you need services, where you live, and how comprehensive the services are. Uh, the, uh, The way you pay for services can also vary as well. Now, traditional Medicare doesn't cover long-term care beyond some skilled care that occurs immediately after hospitalization. Some Medicare Advantage plans from uh, private insurers provide supplemental coverage for services like meal delivery and rides to medical appointments, but it tends to be somewhat limited. Now, veterans may be able to utilize long-term care services through the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, yet Medicaid is the largest single funding source for long-term care, according to the article. Now, remember, Medicaid is a joint federal and state program that covers low-income Americans. And while income limits vary state to state, you generally don't qualify unless you've exhausted most of your savings and other assets beyond your primary residence and potentially an automobile. Mm. Interesting. So uh, this is good information to have. Sue, could you remind us about how long-term care insurance may be a good fit for some people? Sure. A traditional long-term care policy is similar to auto or home insurance. You pay premiums typically for as long as the policy is in effect and then make claims if you require any of the covered services. Now, you can choose from policies that provide a modest amount of coverage or a great deal of coverage for things both inside and outside your home. Now, generally, uh, policies dictate how much you can receive on a daily or monthly basis up to a lifetime maximum or a certain amount of time. Varying amounts may be allowed for care in your home, a nursing facility, or elsewhere. Now, you then pay extra for benefits that increase over the years to offer some protection from inflation. Now, finally, you can select from policies with different waiting periods between the time you begin requiring care and when benefits begin. 90 days is a common waiting period, but you may be able to pay slightly more to receive benefits after 30 days or pay less in exchange for a 180-day delay. Now, along with those same lines, You may pay more for a policy that pays out $200 a day, lasts five years, and grows benefits at a compounded 3% per year than you would for a policy that pays $100 a day for two years without any inflation protection. Wow. So you can get deep in the weeds with this, and I know there are a lot of different options uh, out there. And this could be overwhelming for some of our listeners Uh, which is uh, important uh, to know, uh, especially when dealing with long-term care insurance, because it's so important, you have to work with a financial services professional to shift through all these nuances and details. I think that's the smart move. And I know, Cole and Sue, you do this for your clients and people you meet with. And if our listeners want to do that, they can just give you a call and set up a consultation, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Tony. They can give us a call. They can go to the website. However they prefer is uh, totally fine with us. You can get uh, a consultation scheduled either way. 
Now let's, uh, let's take a look next at what long-term care insurance typically does cover. Uh, first, some policies may limit what conditions are covered. For example, it's not uncommon for care to be denied for alcoholism, drug addiction, or potentially war injuries. Pre-existing conditions like heart disease or previous cancer diagnosis may not automatically prevent you from getting a long-term care policy, but the policy may not cover care that's related to that condition for a certain amount of time after it goes into effect. Now, in many cases, though, you're eligible for benefits once you can no longer perform a set list of so-called activities of daily living. Now, that list includes bathing, dressing, eating, using the toilet, getting in and out of bed and chairs, managing incontinence, or becoming cognitively impaired. Now, it's at that point that premiums are often waived while you're receiving benefits. An important note here, though, is if you stop paying premiums before a need arises, you typically will lose coverage. And if you never use the coverage, the insurance company retains and invests your money to pay other people's claims and then enjoys the profits, of course. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, The takeaway with that one is use it or lose it. And I know there are a lot of different options out there. Well said, Tony. And in the time we have left today, let me touch on hybrid policies, which I think are very important. The majority of long-term care policies combine coverage for long-term care with another benefit, often life insurance, but in some cases, an annuity. Now, these are known in the industry as hybrid or linked benefit policies. Most life insurance hybrids require you to pay one lump sum or a fixed amount divided into numerous annual payments. Now, in exchange, you receive long-term care coverage with features like those found in traditional policies, along with some amount of life insurance that will go to your beneficiaries if you don't use the long-term care benefits. Well, thanks, Sue. That's terrific insight. And is there anything else you have for us before we close the show today, Cole? Well, Tony, I would just say that there's tons of different options out there for long-term care planning, and it makes sense to investigate those options if you have not done so already. So give our office a call at 715-355-4445 or visit the website retirewithbushka.com and schedule your complimentary no-obligation consultation to have a talk about long-term care. All right. That sounds great. Sue and Cole, great topic today. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Thank you for listening to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Sue and Cole at Bushka Retirement Solutions and Bushka Wealth Management. Call 715-355-4445 or visit them online at retirewithbushka.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Bushka Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin. Insurance products and services are offered through Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc., Bushka Wealth Management, LLC, and Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc. are affiliated companies. Sue Bushka, Cole Bruner, Bushka Retirement Solutions, LLC, and Bushka Wealth Management, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Retirement is more than newly discovered free time. It is also a time to reflect on how you will be remembered. 
Many people want to leave a legacy, whether they want to be remembered for an action, deed, or provision put in place for generations to come. Regardless of what your legacy goals are, it is important to make the proper arrangements now. Call Bushka Retirement Solutions to find out how you can structure your retirement savings to help increase the value of your estate and create a legacy you want to leave. At Bushka Retirement Solutions, our team can help you protect your legacy for loved ones, provide benefits for charities, and avoid excessive tax burdens. Call us at 715-355-4445 for your legacy planning needs. We will provide you a complimentary retirement income toolkit just for calling. Visit us at retirewithbushka.com to learn more.